As you find your seats, if you will turn with me in your Bibles, uh, if you will turn to 2 Samuel chapter 22 this morning, uh, we're going to land the plane on David, uh, a man after God's own heart. We've been making our way through this sermon series. Somebody last week said, how many more weeks we have of David? As if we don't have enough weeks of David. Hasn't it been awesome? I hope it has been. I'm not going to point out who. Just kidding. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Uh, it's an amazing story because in David's story, we're going to find our story. And in David's story, we find beautifully Jesus' story. But as we begin, I want to tell you, hasn't the reality of the way we listen to music amazingly changed over the years? All right, it's my birthday, so I'm not old today. But how many of y'all remember the records we used to have? I mean, record and record players and you had to have a, t 33 was different than a little single of 45, right? Anybody here old enough to remember uh, those 8-track cassette players? Yeah. Wow, a couple of y'all, the young people, like, what the heck was that? You know, we had 8-tracks. And then we went to the little cassette players, right? Uh, Sony Walkman, anybody had a Sony Walkman, a little cassette player? Uh, many of you did. Uh, from there, uh, we transitioned into CDs. Thought, man, we've made it. Uh, you had those little spinny disc things and CDs. Uh, that was pretty amazing. But really the game changer of all game changers, was it not MP3s? Now I have no idea what an MP3 is, but somehow it's able to digitally take a song and now you can place it uh, on a device and you could stream any song anywhere at any time as long as you're connected to the internet. I mean, how many of you have something that you can listen to anything? You want to listen to something, you know, you just pull up your phone and boom, you have it. Do any of you remember these? <laughs> I mean, this was, uh, this was an Apple iPod. I thought I was like one of the coolest guys ever. Had that little uh, dial on here, you know. Uh, absolutely a paperweight. Uh, absolutely worthless nowadays. But this was a way at one time that you would listen to music. But that's gone. Uh, for those of you who are a little cooler, maybe you got a little smaller one, you know, the little shuffle piece uh, right there, and uh, you had that one as well. That's no more any good. Uh, so now, how do we know mostly y'all do it? We have them on our phones. Isn't it amazing? I mean, anywhere you go, uh, you're going to have that. But I, I love how music listening has changed with an MP3. What I love most is the fact that I can now create my own playlist. I mean, remember back in the days with a record, you had to put it on, and if a song came on you didn't like enough, oh, do I want to get up and, you know, lift the needle over, you know? Or then, do I want to take the cassette and try to hit fast forward to the right spot to the next song, or just be lazy and just let it play until it gets to a better song? But now, now you could create playlists, and whatever mood you find yourself in, if you created a playlist, boom, you've got it. And so I have created, I love music, I've created playlists that will greatly reflect my mood. I want to share with you some of the playlists I have on my phone. I have Jeff's Jam. Jeff's Jam is one of my favorites. It's mostly classic rock. Uh, it's mostly some really good stuff that I have. And only the best of the best of the best will be on Jeff's Jam. And so it's a little bit of everything. But if I want to make sure that I don't have any duds on there, I'll hit to Jeff's Jam. Then I have a newer one that's making great ratings. It's called Jeffy's Country. Because I'm a guy that made fun of country music for years. I mean, for those of you who like country music, I was like, oh, you know, okay, I understand your dog died, you want another beer, and you're going to sing about it, right? But something happened to me 
I started liking country. I admit it. As a matter of fact, I got my own little playlist of Jeffy's country. Then I have one of my all-time favorites is Katie's Summertime Jam. Uh, on Mondays, our day off, uh, Katie and I often will be over at New Smyrna Beach. Uh, we'll drive over there, set up a little tent. I bring a speaker. Uh, I got it at Costco uh, and has a couple drink holders on there, you know, set up on the umbrella. And all of a sudden, it's, it's Katie and my favorite summertime jam. Little, little Jimmy Buffett, you know, uh, maybe uh, songs that just make you think of summer. It helps you. I also have Katie's favorite dance mix. I'll let you go with that one, all right? Uh, then I have one called Study Tunes, uh, Study Tunes, you know, uh, a, little, a little Beethoven, uh, a little uh, classical music uh, when uh, I'm studying and I want to kind of get the brain cells going. Uh, you can think how often I use that. And then I have some, my favorites are worship. As a matter of fact, I have one that's called Worship with Meemaw, uh, that when we go uh, to uh, the Memory Care Center for my mother-in-law and we're in her room, uh, we could play songs. It's amazing. Uh, she doesn't necessarily remember who we are, uh, but she will remember the songs and, and sing. Um, and we'll never leave her without singing, Jesus Loves Me. And so uh, it's a beautiful thing. We're those, and I got some other worship favorites. But the greatest of all playlists is in the Bible. I mean, the greatest of all playlists is the 150 songs that make up the Psalms. And that's what they are. They're 150 songs. And amazingly, how many do you think David wrote? Will you listen? I tell the kids. How many did David, we know for sure, write? 73. So that's almost half. And then when you talk about the other Psalms that, that were talked about David or they referred to David, clearly over half of the Psalms are from David. I mean, he is the one who uh, uh, has really influenced God's playlist more than any. And so many of them point to David. And I love the fact that many of the Psalms, do me a favor, when you read the Psalms, look at the inscription be, uh, above it. It'll often tell you the setting. Uh, it'll often, as a matter of fact, some Hebrew scholars will want to say that the numbering of the Psalms with verses should start there. Remember, in the original, there weren't numbers. That was given to help us out. It was kind of written directly. Um, but read, and it'll give you the context. Hey, this happened with David after Nathan the prophet came in Psalm 51, and he repented. And this happened in this situation, and this happened in that situation. It gives us a context of what kind of playlist David was going through, what kind of emotions that he was going through. David was called, actually, in Scripture as the sweet singer of Israel. I mean, that's awesome. This is, this is the one who kills Goliath. I mean, this is the one who's king. I mean, David has so many attributes, but one of the things God's word is going to talk about is he is the sweet singer of Israel. Uh, as a matter of fact, those of you who remember early on in David's story, when King Saul was on the throne and he was having a bad mood, a bad day, an evil spirit, he would bring David in to come play, play a harp, play a melody, because the way David could play would really bring some calm. It's amazing, the sweet singer uh, of, of Israel. Well, the playlist of the Psalms includes all the emotions of a human could experience. Now, let me say that again. The Psalms contain, and you, you may not think this about the Bible, but it contains all the emotions that we will experience through life. There's joy, there's sadness, there's lament. There's a lot of lament. There, there's questions. I, I love the fact that Psalm 13 will ask the question, how long, oh Lord? How long? Are you going to forget me forever? How long? You know, what are you doing? I love the fact that, that God's word is big enough to handle that we can question God, that we can reach out and say, God, I don't get it. 
I don't understand. How long? Are you going to forget me forever? What are you doing? Uh, whatever mood you are in, there is a psalm for you. One of my heroes, John Calvin, out of the Reformation, he talked about the psalms, the song list of the psalms, and he says it includes all of man's emotions. And he's right. Well, you see, it includes all of man's emotions because King David, that sweet singer of Israel, experienced so many moods. He had the highs and lows, and, and t- taking the highs and lows, he puts together this playlist inspired by the Holy Spirit. Some of the highs would be the thrill of conquering Goliath. You think you want to sing a song after that? I mean, I'm thinking that's some heavy metal right there. I mean, I think that's a, a pretty good rock anthem after literally with a rock killing a Goliath. And then there's the beauty of, of God's creation. Have you ever gone to the beach and wanted to sing? I mean, have you ever seen a, a mountain that's taken your breath away and you wanted to sing? Have you ever seen a first snowfall and walked through the crunch of snow and everything else is silent and wanted to sing? Have you ever seen the beauty of hearing the birds sing outside your window and wanting to sing? I mean, creation is amazing and it's magnificent. It's David who will say, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And when I consider the moon and the stars and the work of your fingers, who am I that you care about me, Psalm 8? Right? I mean, the guy, he sings songs because of creation. And then he sings songs because of the betrayal of friends, as we saw just last week, the betrayal of a son. I mean, how many of you have been betrayed? I mean, I'm not just talking about like somebody distant, but somebody betrayed you, close to you, and you go to song. And you know, we have those given to us. He, has, he sings the song of having the joy of having his uh, sins forgiven. Have you ever experienced the joy of having your sins forgiven? I'm telling you, I don't think you know Jesus, and I don't think you understand the cross unless you get a little tear in your eye and you realize that that sacrifice is what's cleansed you and set you free. And that God doesn't, his wrath is no longer poured out on you. It's been poured out on his son. And when you realize that you are forgiven, and I hope you have realized that, maybe some of you haven't. When you realize you're forgiven and your sins have been cast as far as the east is from the west, when you realize that that he's robed you in his righteousness, man, how do you not sing? How do you not sing of his praises of a God who's that merciful? And how about just the wonder of knowing God's love? The wonder of knowing that God knows you by name. He knows how many hairs on your head you have. And some of you, it's easier to figure out than others. But, but he knows that reality, right? And how about the reality? Think about this. If it's true, if this word is true, if this Bible is true, he says, if you're his, he loved you before time began. He's got this, this steadfast love on you that will never cease. He loves you. I mean, I'm telling you what, that's the reason that you want to sing. Well, this morning as we wrap up our sermon series on David, a man after God's own heart, we're going to see that David is a worshiping king. Of all the things, he's going to worship God in the highs and in the lows, in a cave or in the temple. He's a worshiper, a worshiper of God, and his worship leads us to worship God. So we're going to look at this morning a few things. We're going to see David found his identity in the Lord his God. That's why he worshiped him. He found his identity there. The second thing is we're going to see that David found his security in the Lord his God. That, that was his security. It wasn't his retirement. Uh, it, it wasn't his home. His security was in his God. We're going to see that David, a very skillful Renaissance man, he found his ability, the ability in the Lord his God. And we're also going to see that, that he found his victory, uh, his victory in the Lord his God. If things went well, he realized that God is behind it. So we're going to look at one of the longest psalms, the longest um, 
poems in all of Scripture is, I love this, it's in 2 Samuel 22, and we're going to read the entire poem. As a matter of fact, it's so good, we're going to jump and pick up just one verse in chapter 3. But what I love about this, this absolute same psalm was so good that it's in Psalm 18 as well. Two places in God's Word that this is listed. Must be important for us to hear. So let's hear this David song of deliverance found in 2 Samuel 22 as we see this king, this worshiping king. Beloved King's Chapel, hear the word of the Lord. And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul, remember the king before him. Let me just hit quickly hit pause and say, most commentators will say it didn't happen right after he was released from that Saul's hand when Saul was killed. If he's released from all of his enemies, this is probably later in his life, including his son Absalom. But no matter when it was, he was delivered. And he wrote in verse 2, he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You saved me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompass me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I called. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations of the heavens trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on the cherubim and flew. He was seen on the wings of the wind. He made darkness around him his canopy. Thick clouds a gathering of water. Out of the brightness before him, coals of fire flamed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he, set out air, and he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world was laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. And verse 17, he sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He rescued me uh, from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I've kept the way of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and from his statues I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. We'll talk about that. And the Lord has renewed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless, blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. 
You are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I could run against a troop, and by my God I could leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and, and has made my way blameless. He has made my feet like the feet of a deer, set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them and did not turn back until they were consumed. I consumed them. I thrust them through so that they did not rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink underneath me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me. Those who hated me, I destroyed them. They looked, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them as the dust of the earth. I crushed them and stamped them down like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with my people. You kept me as the head of the nations. People whom I have not known serve me. Foreigners came cringing to me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Wow. Foreigners lost heart. They came trembling out of their fortress. But the Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and brought down people under me who brought me out from my enemies and exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and to his offspring. Verse 20, chapter 23. Now these are the last words of David. The oracle of David, the son of Jesse, the oracle of the man who was raised on high, the anointed of God of Jacob, the sweet singer or psalmist of Israel. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father God, give us ears to hear your voice, minds to understand your word, hearts that embrace your truth, and feet that walk in a manner worthy of your name. Speak through a broken sinner like me. God, the things that are said that are true and contain the good news of the gospel, use those things to make us more like Jesus. For the things I say that are wrong or merely my opinion, may that fall away quickly. May you receive glory. May we receive joy. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So as we read through this, and really it's a long psalm, I know it is, and so... But when it's repeated in Psalm 18, there's, there's one major change in Psalm 18 that it was in that Psalm, or, or the first Samuel, second Samuel 22. And here's how Psalm 18 starts, and I love this. Psalm 18 starts off by David saying, I love you, O Lord, my strength. I love you, O Lord, my strength. I mean, what an amazing place for a song to start. What an amazing place for David to start. He's going to list his relationship with God. He's going to tell us so much about God and what God has done for him. But he wants to start off with his heart. And he wants to start off with his relationship. And he wants to start off by saying, God, you know what, oh Lord? I love you. 
You are my strength. You're, you're my everything. And, and I'm going to react in my life out of my love for you. I love this fact. I love it that our God wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want us just to be religious people, moral people. He wants us to walk with him and know him and love him and to know how much he loves us. And how does he know that? He, he, listen, David loved the Lord. Why? Because David found his identity in the Lord. I mean, the Lord was not something distant for him. It wasn't a concept that he was so far away. He, David found his identity in the Lord his God in verses 1 through 4. Why? Because the Lord is David's personal God. It was personal to David. It was, it was David's personal Savior. When I read through verses 1 through 4, did you see how many times the, the uh, first person personal pronoun, my, me, or I, was, was used? Look again at, at, that, at that text. Look again at the first four verses. Fifteen times. Fifteen times David's going to say, my, my rock, my refuge, my Savior, my Lord, the one in whom I trust. He is, he's my Savior, my rock, my refuge. I mean, David wants to make sure that he wants us to know this is amazingly personal for him. I mean, this is not distant. This is saying, this is my God whom I trust. I've given my life to him. I love how personal it is for him. David would find completely his identity in the Lord. He would say the Lord is his rock, his fortress, his deliverer, his God, his refuge, his shield, his savior. God was alive and personal to David, not distance and aloof. How is he with you? It wasn't formal and religious with David. It was personal and intimate. How is it with you? David not only found his identity in the Lord, he found his security in the Lord, his God. In verses 5 through, through 25. Why? Because he knew that, hey, listen, I'm secure because I know that the Lord heard David's cry for help. David says, I know it. And David says, I'm crying from actually the valley of the shadow of death. I'm crying out to God. And if you know David's story and you follow it through the Bible, you know that he's going to be in the valley of the shadow of death a lot. I mean, he's going to be there with Goliath. He's going to be running for his life from a king named Saul, continually pursued. He's got to hide in caves. I mean, he's going to run from his life from his own son, Absalom. He's going to run from his life sometimes from the Philistines. David knew what it meant to walk through the valley of death, the shadow of death. These aren't just like hyperbole. This isn't like just, hey, I wonder what it's like. David cried out. Have you? I mean, what has made you cry to God where sometimes you don't even have words? What, what, what those times that your, your, your prayers are your tears? The times that they're your groans? I mean, this, David knew it. David knew it. I mean, just put yourself in his shoes. What was it like to hide in the caves from Saul? What was it like to be driven out of your, your, your city, your, your throne, by your own son, Absalom. What was it like? Psalm 23, he wrote it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I mean, this is a man whose security was in the Lord because he realized that God heard him. And even the hardest part of this psalm for me to preach was verses 8 through 20 because it's really like you rode on the wind and, you, you know, the lightning and the thunder. And he's basically saying this, God came from heaven to earth to save me. God moved heaven and earth to come and to rescue me. And if you're a Christian, you know that that's our story. That God came from heaven to earth and was born in a manger to rescue and save us. 
He rescued David, and I love this. He says, he rescued me because he delighted in me. Oh, man. And when, when I get to this psalm, I just keep saying, God, you delight in me? I mean, you really delight? You, you really know me, right? You know what a knucklehead I am. You know how prone I am to wander. You know how often I've rejected you. You know how often I've lived as if I don't even know you. And you delight in me? You delight in me enough to send your son to come rescue me? And over and over again, to give me your word and to give me your spirit because you have delighted in me. He knows it. Let me tell you, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're his, Jesus rescues us because why? God delights in us. Now let's hit pause and say, well, how does that happen? Aren't we all sinners? Yes. Do any of us deserve it? No. I mean, why does God delight in us? I don't know. But God, listen, listen, here's what he says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him is not going to perish. He says this, God demonstrates his love for us that while we're still knuckleheads, while we're still sinners, Christ Jesus would come and die. Delights. Holy God. Delighting in you. So let me hit pause. If God delights in you enough to send his son to come rescue you, do you think that there's anything that you do or haven't done that's going to separate you from that love? You think you're going to come to a season in your life, all of a sudden that, that love dries up and departs? I mean, you might feel it, and you might sense that it's gone, but this is the eternal God who delights in us for a mystery. He does. He loves sinners, who I'm a chief. But just know that that delight never ends. We come to him, and we have such crud in our hands. We have such filth in our hearts, and you say, can you still love me? Can you forgive this? I'm back got the same junk. God, can you really delight in me? He does. The mystery, I want to talk to him about it when we get there. The Lord delights in me. I want you to know that. You may not, but he does. <laughs> he delights in you. It's a, th then he says he's got security because the Lord will reward David's righteous behavior. It's almost like you, you read this verses 21 through 25. He's like, I'm blameless and I'm righteous. And the Lord is going to reward me for doing the right thing. You're like, oh my gosh, man, don't forget the, that Bathsheba thing. You know, don't forget the Uriah the Hittite thing. What in the world are you trying to tell me, David, that you're blameless? What are you trying to tell me that the Lord is rewarding your righteous behavior? We know the good news of the gospel, that we are saved, watch this, by God's grace through faith in the work of Christ. That God is not a God who just rewards us and a merited, uh, uh, in a way of merit to salvation. But a righteous life is rewarded by God. Let me, let me show you how. Doing the right thing is free. I remember, I remember in an office uh, I had at church, never wanted to lock my doors. I and when they came and said, set a password for your computer, I said, I don't want to. I don't want a password because I want anybody to be able to walk in and click. And, and listen, don't think I'm that holy. I got all kinds of issues. But to me, if I knew there was not something to hide, I was free. When I take my wife to dinner, I want the world to see. I want to see our love. But if there's somebody you're not supposed to be with, guess what? You're going to hide. But we're going to hide from our sins. That's what we do. Our sins, we think we get freedom. We don't get freedom. We get bondage every time. And so living a righteous life Obeying a holy God, doing what he has given, called us to do, there's freedom in that. I mean, and if I love him, there's freedom in serving him that way. I think that's where we need to go with this. 
But we got to remember, righteous behavior doesn't earn our salvation. Only Jesus' righteous behavior can earn our salvation. All right, let's move on. David found his ability in the Lord his God, verses 21 through 40. Because the Lord empowered him and equipped him for battle. I love it. I love this. David knew the ability that he had came from the Lord. It was with the Lord's help, David said, I could run against a troop. It's with the Lord's help I could leap over a wall. Verses 34 through 36, he says, he made my feet. He's the one like a feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Whoa. You've given me the shield of your salvation. And I love this. I love this. And your gentleness made me great. What? Isn't it interesting that David says it's God's gentleness that made him great? This is a warrior. This is a stud. I mean, this is someone strong, and yet he would say the mighty God's gentleness and tenderness of dealing with him, God's loving kindness, God's mercy, God's grace is what made David great. But David knew he's not a, he's not a self-made man. He's a God's-made man. David found his victory in the Lord, his God, verses 41 through 51, because the Lord gave David victory over his enemies. He knew it. He knew that he didn't come from him. He knew it came from God. He knew that the victory belonged to the Lord. And I love how it ends. He says, because of the Lord and because he lives, there's a great salvation is given to David and given to us. <clears throat> David knew that his Lord lived. David knew because his Lord lived, David could experience salvation. The psalm begins and ends with David saying that the Lord was his rock. As we close this, this is, this is amazing. You got to see this. The Lord is my rock is what David says in verse 2. In verse 47, he says, the Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. The rock is David's salvation. And guess what and who the rock is according to Scripture. The rock is Christ Jesus. The rock is his Savior, our Savior, Jesus. The rock is that David's offspring that's going to be blessed. It's talked about at the end of the psalm. It's, it's David's seed. It's David's Lord. Paul will write this in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, for I don't, do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers, he's talking about the Israelites, who are all under the cloud, this is them going from Egypt to the promised land, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, and they all ate of the same spiritual food, that's manna, and all drank from the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed him. And here's what Paul says, and that rock was Wow. Way back in the Old Testament, way back in the promises there, our God was there. The pre-incarnate Christ was Christ. Jesus is the rock. And let me tell you, the rock lives. And because of the rock lives, we could live too. All the blessings of God, all of them, not, there's not one blessing of God that does not flow through the rock, Jesus. You want to be blessed by God? Get in the right relationship with his son. That's the only way. All the blessings, all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms are ours in Christ Jesus. So what does this mean for us? Jesus needs to be our identity. So when you read through verses 2 through 4, we say Jesus is my rock. 
Jesus is my security. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my refuge. Jesus, put Jesus' name in there for yourself. I mean, he's the true rock. It's like what Paul will say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You want identity? My identity is not in my education. It's not what I do. It's not what I own. It's not what I wear. My identity, Paul would say, is in Christ. For me to live is him. And even death is gain. Our identity, Christians, need to be in Christ Jesus. Jesus needs to be our security. Paul will say my, our lives should be hidden in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.3 3. For Christ you have died, and your life and our life now is hidden with Christ in God. He is our security. He will provide for you. He loves you. He'll never let you go. Jesus needs to be our ability. Maybe we need to be a little bit like Tim Tebow and wake up tomorrow and put on some eye black and write Philippians 4.12. For I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus needs to be our victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 50, uh, 30, 53 says this, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Here's what this says. Death has been defeated. Jesus has done it. We have a victory. And I love this. It says, not only do we have a victory in Christ Jesus, now what we do for the Lord matters. What you do tomorrow matters. What you do on Tuesday matters for the Lord. May he be your identity. May he be your security. May he be your ability. May he be your victory. We have reason to sing too. The song list of our lives should be Jesus because no matter what happens, we sing praises to the rock who lives. The Lord liveth, and blessed be his name. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for that rock that David sang about. We thank you that that rock was such a place of security for him, such a fortress, that you were David's deliverer. You were David's savior. You were David's identity. You were David's security. You, you, you gave David his ability, and oh God, you gave David his victories. But God, we sing for that, but what we really sing for is Jesus, the living rock, the cornerstone, the rock of ages, the one that we could stand upon and always be secure, the one who loves us and never lets us go. Oh Jesus, Thank you. I pray that there's anybody here who's not standing upon the rock of Christ Jesus by your grace through faith, that today would be the day. That, God, we wouldn't live our lives as if we're defeated. We live our lives in victory in Christ Jesus, knowing what he has done for us and what he's doing for us and what he will do for us when he returns. God, may we be a church. May we be a people who stand upon Christ the solid rock. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.